You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Tuesday edition post game edition rapid react show. We'll be breaking down everything we saw from Monday Night Football, the 49ers disappointing defeat at the hands of of the Buffalo Bills. Takeaways, game notes, and game balls from week 13. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me. You can email the show LockedOn49ers at Gmail. Hit me with some questions for tomorrow's Winky Wednesday mailbag. My guest, Nick Winkler, and I will uh, chat about the game from Monday night. We'll look ahead to the Washington football team next week and where the 49ers are right now in 2020 with your questions. And to be honest, some of my questions about the 49ers were answered in this game. Can they hang with a good football team? With a team that's good on offense, playing well on defense, at least they played well on defense in this game, and is well coached? And the answer right now is no. I think they are still undermanned in some very significant categories. Quarterback, pass rush being the main culprits, I think, that are holding the 49ers back right now. And Kyle Shanahan, after the game, said something interesting. He said that leading up to this game, he thought it could turn out to be something like the shootout between the 49ers and the New Orleans Saints from 2019. And when he said that, I thought, man, that must have been a rough week for Kyle Shanahan, knowing he didn't have the bullets to compete in that style of game. If that's the way it was going to be, the 49ers were never going to win this game. And that's kind of how it was for the Bills on offense. And the 49ers just couldn't keep up on either side of the ball. 34-24 was the final. The Buffalo Bills beating the San Francisco 49ers. The Bills improved to 9-3 on top of the AFC East. The 49ers remain in the cellar of the NFC West, falling to 5-7. and seven. And I said yesterday that this was the one game the 49ers could lose. It's an AFC game. Tiebreakers are NFC-related. The 49ers win out and end up 9-7 and seven still, and they will have to win out if they want to be in the playoffs. Then they could still hold some tiebreakers over some NFC teams to get into the wild card and, and do some damage. Maybe have Garoppolo back for those last couple games and into the playoffs. Maybe have George Kittle back for the last couple games and into the playoffs. And it starts with those NFC East teams, Washington and Dallas. Can they win those games, get those guys back, and potentially still do this thing? The door hasn't completely slammed shut, but losing to the Bills made things a lot more difficult. They have to be perfect from here on out. They cannot falter if they want to try to sneak into the playoff picture. and. Uh, I just can't imagine them getting there if this is the team that's going to roll out there every week. They just they just don't have enough. But let's get into the game notes here, and we'll start with the 49ers offense. And it, it started well for the 49ers. They moved the ball on offense right after the Bills moved the ball on offense. The 49ers with the goal line stand got the ball back. And the opening drive, I loved seeing Nick Mullins take a shot. I hated the pass interference call, but good things happen when you take shots. You can get a pass interference, right? That's one of the outcomes when you take a shot down the field. And the 49ers offense doesn't have enough of it for various reasons. And in this game, they took a couple shots, and that was good to see. Just some regular old deep throws. Throw the ball down the field. And 
Ayuk wasn't really open, but Mullins put it in a spot that was good, that it wasn't going to get picked off, and it wasn't completed, but they got the flag, and now you're rolling. You know, it was a third down throw down the right sideline to Ayuk. It was, it was a nice toss, good coverage by Levi Wallace. He got flagged. I don't agree with the flag, but Niners were in business. Now you're rolling, and then they go down the field. Uh, Mullins with another nice play to throw the ball away. Tom Compton stepped on his foot as he's trying to back out of there after getting the snap. He fell down, got up instantly, and had the wherewithal to get rid of the ball and avoid the sack. So some nice plays from Mullins early on. You know, the, Mullins sometimes has a, an odd bit of poise where you think, oh man, he gives you some confidence. Like, Mullins is going to get this done, isn't he? And then in the end, it's like, ah, just no, you know, he's not going to get it done. He can't win a shootout. And by the way, did you hear Brian Greasy drop a little comment in there? My ears perked up when I heard him say that he said he thought that maybe Nick Mullins was potentially the smartest quarterback in the quarterback room for the 49ers. That didn't sound to me like something he would just say and make up. That sounded like something that came from either the mouth of Kyle Shanahan or one of the members of the 49ers coaching staff or was implied by Kyle Shanahan or one of the members of the 49ers offensive coaching staff because I don't think that's something you just throw out there and say that. And if you're wondering why it's Nick Mullins in there that continues to start, even though you know when you see games like this and the 49ers struggle and why it's him and not C.J. Beathard, that probably points to it. He's got a better command of the offense. Sticking with the 49ers passing game here, that drive was thwarted as was the Bills' initial drive with a goal line stand, but the Bills fumbled the ball right back to the 49ers, and this time Nick Mullins took advantage throwing a TD pass to Brandon Ayuk, a goal line slant off play action, and the Niners don't come up empty twice. This time they put some points on the board and take an early 7 to nothing lead. It would be the only lead the 49ers would have in this game would be uh, in the first half. By the way, Mostert scored on a goal line handoff out of shotgun last week. And this time Shanahan changed it up. It, it wasn't the exact same call and same look because there was, you know, a lead blocker for Mostert in motion, a tight end coming in motion on that run play they called, which incidentally was the same run play, I'm pretty sure, that was the fourth and one call earlier this season that everybody universally hated to Jarek McKinnon when the 49ers were stuffed on a fourth and one. Uh, but this time, kind of showing some of that look, and I, and I think if you are watching film and you're the Bills and you know, okay, they're in shotgun in a goal line set situation or you know a red zone situation, doesn't have to be goal line, they could run out of this very easily. So you have to bite on that play action. And the Bills did, and it opened up a window over the middle of the field. Mullins made the throw to Brandon Ayuk on that slant, and the 49ers took the lead. And the 49ers were playing with confidence at this point in the game. This is what I was talking about, where there was some poise with Nick Mullins. They were moving the ball down the field. Uh, they get the ball back, and then even though they didn't score and they were stuffed in the goal line, they get the ball back, and then they score quickly, and they have a lead. And you're thinking, okay, now we're in business here. The 49ers playing well, playing with confidence. Things are, are really going well. And then the offense pretty much just pooped out to end the first half. And those good feelings would go away quickly. Coming up, I want to talk about the moment when I realized, yeah, this game is not going right, and I don't feel confident that 49ers are going to win this game, and it followed very soon after that 49ers' first touchdown in the first quarter. More Locked On 49ers Rapid React coming up. 
thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents or whatever might have held you back. Fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. I watch in a number of different places. I watch every game all day, Sunday, again on Thursday, again on Monday. Uh, Maybe if there's a second Monday night game as we get sometimes, I'm in on that too. And I'm watching uh, multiple games on multiple screens and I need refreshment. And Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. The second quarter was not kind to San Francisco. After the Bills got the ball back following the 49ers score, going up 7 to nothing, the Bills rolled down and scored a touchdown. Then the 49ers offense fizzled out, as I mentioned. Pump the ball back to the Bills. The Bills roll down, score again. 49ers again. Punt the ball back to the Bills. And the Bills roll down and score again. Now it's 17-7. The 49ers have a 10-point deficit instead of a 7-point lead. And when you look at the 49ers game plan, and when you look at my keys to victory from yesterday's show, one of the things the 49ers had to do was play some keep away from Josh Allen. Yes, Josh Allen, not Josh Rosen. I don't know why I kept calling him Josh Rosen on yesterday's show. I'm losing my dang mind here. You know, I made it to December And now I've finally cracked. But you got to play keep away from Josh Allen. And when Josh Allen does have the ball, you've got to defend him well. And the 49ers did neither of those things. And they just weren't able to run the ball that much. They only carried the ball 21 times total because they weren't able to run with a lead. And Kyle Shanahan was in that mentality of we need to win a shootout now. And the 49ers aren't equipped to do that. And the Niners, even with Tevin Coleman's Minus 11 yards on his two rushes. They averaged over four yards per carry. They were 4.1 yards per carry. Jeff Wilson was averaging 6.7 yards per carry. Raheem Mostert was averaging 4.7 yards per carry. More on the running game in a second. But the 49ers were running the ball fine. It's just that they weren't in a position game script wise to be able to continue to run the ball, which is what they needed to do. And I think that's where the game might have ultimately been lost. They had a chance to come back, and they did score 10 third-quarter points, but they gave up 10 third-quarter points as well. So they they just couldn't make up any ground in the second half after they got down those 10 points. And and really, it was those two drives, I think, that killed them after they scored initially, and they had some momentum after they picked up the fumble and had a goal-line stand on defense. And then it was just waves of offense from the Bills, and the 49ers could not keep up and, and continue to score and continue to move the ball. So I think that was really one of the places that hurt the 49ers in this game was that second quarter. And then they had a deficit and they're not built to to come back against a team like the Buffalo bills who I mentioned are good on offense. Who I think their defense is really underrated. Like they're a good defensive team. And I, and there's a reason they've been good the last few years. And oddly their numbers haven't stacked up on the defensive side of the ball this year, but you look at the players they have, you look at how they played this game. You look how well coached they are on both sides of the ball. And you're like, wait a second. Now, they, have a, they actually have a pretty good defense, or at least potentially should have a better defense than the numbers 
say they do this year. So uh, I came away really impressed with the Buffalo Bills. This is a legit football team, and they could do some damage in the playoffs, and, and that's why they have a 9-3 and record right now. Back to the passing game for the 49ers. And in the third quarter, Mullins rolling right hits Ross Dwelly. Things, again, started out well in, in the second half. And coming out of the first half, coming out of the, or coming in into the, coming at, to start the game into the first quarter and then in out of the first half into the second half, uh, the 49ers got things going a little bit with their offense. But then things, again, would fizzle. But a lot of Ayuk in the second half. Getting Mullins on the move a little bit, which I liked as well. Mullins hit Ayuk on a hook to move the chains, then again for 20 yards, and then that drive would end up fizzling out, but they got points. It would end in a field goal, 17-10, 49ers, within one score. They're in a good place right here. But then Ayuk bobbles a low but very catchable pass from Mullins. The ball pops up in the air and is intercepted by Micah Hyde, which would set up more points for the Buffalo Bills offense. They had already scored on the drive previous, so now the Bills lead 27 to 10. And if after the first half, you still had hope and you still thought the 49ers were going to come back in this game, I think that moment right there, that sequence of plays was like, yep, it's not happening. It's not happening today. The 49ers are not going to come back from a 27 to 10 deficit. They kept fighting, though. Uh, I'll give them that. There is no quit in the 49ers. And, and I think that bodes well for the team and how well they're coached. I, I think these are both well-coached teams. I think one team, I, I saw a stat that had $69 million on injured reserve. The other team had maybe $10 million on injured reserve. I, th I think that's a big factor in this game as well that we can't forget. And I think 49ers fans will not ever forget that. So, you know, the Niners are undermanned, which is a huge problem for them right now for trying to make a playoff run and beat good football teams. But Debo Samuel finally got involved in late in the third quarter, bouncing off tacklers on a couple of receptions, his first two receptions of the game. Mullins hitting Ayuk deep down the left sideline. Nice adjustment by Brandon Ayuk. Again, fun to see just a plain old deep ball. Get a one-on-one, -on -one, get a matchup, and see if you can hit it. Mullins put the ball outside where it needed to be. Ayuk made the adjustment, made the catch. That set up a Kyle Juszczyk touchdown catch 27-17. Niners not completely out of it, but again, that it was already too late. It was like, I didn't have the faith that they could make up that ground because they couldn't stop Buffalo enough and score quickly enough on offense to close that 10-point gap. Fourth quarter, Niners in a hole, moving up-tempo offense. Charlie Warner get his first couple of catches, a 15-yarder and an 18-yarder. Kendrick Born near touchdown. It was signaled a touchdown. They took a look at it, and no, he was short of the goal line. Then a false start on Mullins trying to get a head start on a quarterback sneak. Uh, Greasy with a good point on the broadcast here after a, a couple sequence of plays there. If Mullins throws outside to Kendrick Bourne there, it's a touchdown. The ball was kind of inside, and Kendrick had to slow down for it. If it's outside on his, his left shoulder as he's heading toward the, the right sideline, he probably rolls into the end zone, and he gets that touchdown. And then after the false start, there was uh, another pass play. Jeff Wilson in the backfield motions out to wide right. Mullins maneuvers in the pocket, which I liked, but then uh, Trey White took the ball away, which I didn't like from Wilson, who was crossing from wide right to left. 
it wasn't necessarily a bad throw, but it could have been further ahead of Wilson. Maybe that's a touchdown instead of turning into an interception. I think it was still on Wilson's body, but Trey White's just too good of a cover guy, and that's not really a great matchup. A cor- their best corner covering a running back, and he just made a good play on the ball. And I actually thought it was complete until I saw them roll around on the ground, and White was the one that ended up uh, coming up off the ground with the interception. So again, Mullins, ball placement there. You could have a touchdown to Bourne. You wouldn't have to worry about all the rest of this if you if you make a good throw and the ball's on the correct shoulder. And then again, Mullins could have maybe led Wilson more and had the ball on the correct shoulder there that could have maybe led to a touchdown. So ball placement, key. And, you know, ball placement maybe should have been one of my keys to victory. Who knows? But uh, th- that's where even when you look at Mullins and you say, ah, he's a real smart player, he's scrappy, but he just doesn't quite have the arm and doesn't, you know, have a lot of size. You got to be super accurate in the NFL too, and that's ball placement, putting the ball on the correct shoulder, giving your chance, uh, player a chance to run after the catch. So even accuracy is leaving something to be desired in a lot of cases with Nick Mullins. Oh, and how about this the single lone punt that the 49ers defense forced the Bills to make? Brandon Ayuk getting a chance to return it 16 yards and, and looking like his explosive self doing it, something I think the 49ers would be smart to do more, get the ball in Ayuk's hands. He touched the ball, he had five receptions and then touched the ball one more time on a punt return. You should be getting the ball to Ayuk and Debo Sam. First of all, Debo didn't touch the ball until late in the third quarter, and Ayuk touched the ball six times total, including a punt return. Get the ball in those guys' hands more often. Like the first, I don't know, eight of the first ten plays should be the ball in Ayuk or Debo Samuel's hands in every game so if there's one critique I would have about Kyle Shanahan's game plan it would be that get the ball in those guys hands hand it to him throw it to him short throw it to him deep throw it to him medium let him return kicks do what you got to do to get the ball in your best playmakers hands garbage time Debo did get some more yardage some screen passes and you know helped out some of you folks that might have started him in your fantasy leagues after his huge game last week and then late fourth quarter Mullins to Jordan Reed, touchdown toe tapper at the end zone sideline, 34-24, the final. Some quick notes on the running game. I mentioned how they were over four yards per carry for the game, and Mostert was 4.7 yards, and Wilson was averaging 6.7 yards, but they only had nine and seven carries respectively, and it was odd that Mostert didn't even get more carries than that, even you know when they had the opportunity, he wasn't on the field uh, as much as I would have expected that Mostert should be on the field. But he has that juice, and that's why he needs to be on the field because he can make some big plays. And, and he was making headway early in the game, and it was pretty clear. And I wrote this in my notes. It's one of the first things I wrote. San Francisco will be able to run the ball tonight. That was the vibe I got in that game, and it just didn't play out that way. And Even though they were successful doing it, they didn't do it enough and and weren't allowed because of game script to do much of it from the second quarter on. So that that was a disappointing factor. Jeff Wilson was getting carries ahead of Tevin Coleman, which uh, I think was definitely worth noting, and I was surprised by it. Once I saw Tevin Coleman was activated, I thought he'd roll into that at least number two role, but uh, he only touched the ball a couple of times, and it was Jeff Wilson, the clear number two after Raheem Mostert, and almost A and B, almost sharing time with Raheem Mostert in this game. 
Wilson running hard as usual. Uh, did get stuffed, though, by Tremaine Edmonds on that goal line run. And Tremaine Edmonds is a beast. He's like 6'4", 250. He stopped Wilson cold. Like, Wilson could have made a move, maybe could have found a softer spot, but he just had a head of steam, was going to the end zone, and Edmonds stopped him dead in his tracks. So, trading goal line stands there for the 49ers and Bills defenses after long drives. In the third quarter, Wilson up the middle for 18 yards, got the 49ers across midfield before they uh, stalled out and kicked a field goal, but got him some points there. That was a big play. And then a nice nifty cutback from Mostert on an outside run on the left side in the fourth quarter. Uh, that was a 10-yard gainer there. But again, I, I just expected more from the running game because I expected more volume, which would have, I think, led to some more big plays. So the 49ers weren't explosive in the passing game. And the running game, I think, would have been able to work, but the game script didn't allow him to utilize it. So that was the story for the 49ers offense. Next, notes on the 49ers defense, defending Josh Allen and the Bills offense, and then some game balls from Week 13. Are you hitting a wall like Jeff Wilson did on that goal line run? Whether it's a mental or physical wall, whether you need to pick me up in the afternoon, you need to power through the back nine or a 250-pound linebacker, all you need to get through that wall is Built Go. Break through it with Go every day. It's a small packet, one and a half ounces, very easy to take. Put it in your glove compartment, in your pocket, in your backpack, in your briefcase, in your golf bag to power through the back nine. And Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like an energy drink without the same crash of his over-sugared beverage and it's good for you it's natural it's better for your body three delicious flavors of built go peanut butter honey chocolate coconut and chocolate mint they are filled with protein collagen protein specifically because it's fast absorbing gets in your system fast and it's easy on the stomach beta alanine b vitamins honey and a little kick of caffeine visit builtgo.com and use promo code locked you'll get 20 percent off your next order that is promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. To be honest, when I go back over some of my notes and I think about that game, this wasn't as close, that wasn't nearly as close as the 34-24 score would lead you to believe. The 49ers uh, were really close to getting blown out in this game. It took a goal line stand from the defense, uh, the, the Bills fumbling the ball right back to the 49ers, at the two-yard line to score their first touchdown, a garbage-time touchdown late in the fourth quarter by the 49ers, and really not being able to stop the Bills' offense all game long, uh, this could have been a lot uglier score than 34-24. Niners got DJ Jones back briefly. He came off the COVID list this week, but then left the game with an injury. Turns out that's going to be a high ankle sprain uh, that kept him out for, what, six weeks and the end of the season last year? So who knows? Maybe that's the end of DJ Jones this season, uh, which would be a huge bummer because he's been so good for the 49ers interior of the defensive line. Dante Johnson getting the start, his first ever start at nickel cornerback with Emmanuel Mosley inactive in this game. I thought Mosley was going to be able to play. Uh, he was questionable leading up. Turns out he didn't play, which meant Dante Johnson was in the slot down to their fourth nickel corner but it wasn't Johnson alone that was tasked with playing that role and the 49ers utilized uh, a number of players in, in uh, all sorts of different coverages 
Robert Sala getting creative, trying to figure something out that worked, and really no com- combination uh, did anything for the 49ers. There was a lot of Dante Johnson in the slot. There was some Jimmy Ward in the slot. There was some um, Sherman on Cole Beasley on Beasley's touchdown catch, and none of it really seemed to be working. Bill's receivers were open all night. And you know what? To be honest, I really like seeing the 49ers play teams that they don't get to play that often. I get tired of seeing the Rams and the Seahawks and the Cardinals. I like seeing players like Stephon Diggs, who we never really get to see the 49ers play against. And you forget how good some players around the league are. And we we hadn't really seen Josh Allen against this 49ers defense ever. And, and to see how good he's become and, and watching Stephon Diggs. And you just realize how much talent are on some teams sometimes. And... The Bills are one of those teams right now. Uh, Stephon Diggs was getting open against everybody. He was getting open against Sherman. Uh, he drew that that penalty against Sherman. He was getting open against Jason Verrett. Cole Beasley was getting open against everybody. What were the numbers there? I'm just going to kind of ditch my notes and, and just talk about what, what the, the big picture that we saw with the 49ers defense against the Buffalo Bills offense. Cole Beasley ended with nine catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. And for the... Jitterbug slot guy, you know, he's supposed to be someone who's averaging six, seven yards per catch and, and moving the chains and catching short stuff. He was averaging 14.4 yards per catch. Stefan Diggs had 10 catches for 92 yards. Gabriel Davis, a couple of big plays. He had the touchdown late and a big play at the end of the first half with four seconds left in the game. And on the broadcast, they were even saying, look, you got to throw this ball to the sideline. You can't throw it in the middle of the field. But what they do, they threw it to Gabriel Davis in the middle of the field on a crosser. He's being covered by Richard Sherman, who was trailing him across the field. And Sherman couldn't catch him and couldn't cut him off in time to keep him from getting to the sideline and getting out of bounds with four seconds left, which gave the Bills an opportunity to kick a field goal and get more points on the field. So um, a lot of receivers open all night against zone, against man, making all kinds of plays, and a lot of that was on Josh Allen. And it was the reason that Josh Allen, not Josh Rosen, yes, I know I said Josh Rosen 50 times on yesterday's podcast. I have no clue why. I, I know why. It's because uh, I'm, I'm losing my mind. And I was doing a podcast in the wee hours of the morning, and uh, I just had the name Josh Rosen rattling around my brain instead of Josh Allen for no good reason. But Josh Allen... Completed 32 of 40 attempts for 375 yards and four touchdown passes. I mean, he was as good as advertised. He he made some wow throws. He has so much arm talent, can push the ball uh, to anywhere on the field that he needs to. He makes plays with his legs, and he really didn't make any plays at all rushing the ball, right? I, I think he had 11 rushing yards in the game. It was all him just finding space and finding room and extending plays and making the 49ers secondary if his initial look wasn't open. He gave those receivers time to get open. And when you don't have a strong pass rush and you let a quarterback have that much time, eventually, even against really good secondaries, and I think the 49ers have some really good cover guys, uh, you can't cover forever. There's somebody that's going to eventually be open, and then you have the arm to get the ball to those players and that's what it was with Josh Allen. And it was my number one key to victory for a reason. The 49ers couldn't get off the field on third downs and they couldn't slow down Josh Allen really on any down. So uh, Josh Allen just just played so well and he was absolutely the MVP of this game. And uh, I think I, he has to get a, a game ball, even though I rarely give out game balls to 49ers opponents. I try to find, you know, 
some silver linings, even in losses, to give game balls to 49ers players. But the way Josh Allen played, uh, I think you got to give him a game ball and sort of just a collective game ball to that Bills offense and the Bills coaching staff. Brian Dable, who's a future head coach probably. He's like the Bills version of Robert Sala. And and it was Dable versus Robert Sala. And I was really eager to see that matchup. And and Dable and the Bills came out ahead in this matchup versus Sala. And both of those guys are going to get a ton of head coach interviews this offseason. And here's a stat. I mentioned the statistics from Cole Beasley and Stephon Diggs in this game. This from ESPN Stats and Info. Cole Beasley and Stephon Diggs are the first pair of Buffalo Bills teammates to have 100-plus receiving yards in the same game since Lee Evans and Stevie Johnson in 2010. Wait a second. Diggs didn't have 100 yards. He had 92 yards. I just read off the box score. Did they take some yards off of his totals after they tweeted that out or something? I don't know. Anyway. What year was that? Stevie Johnson, 49ers great. Yeah, 2010. So essentially, that's what the Bills offense is doing right now. It's the best offense they've had in a decade. Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, making the 49ers look silly. The the, the passing game was on point for the Buffalo Bills in this game. And it wasn't just those guys. He completed 32 passes. Gabriel Davis, I mentioned. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie had a couple catches, including a touchdown. Tight end Dawson Knox, four catches. He had a touchdown. And the Niners' defense did a good job, as I expected, against the the Bills' run game. Devin Singletary, they tried hard to get him going. He averaged 3.4 yards per carry, but that's not what was moving the ball for the Bills. That's not what was putting up points on the board for the Buffalo Bills. They they had to put it all on Josh Allen's shoulder, and, and he was game. And there was a couple of plays that really struck me. There was the Isaiah McKenzie wide-open touchdown in the third quarter. Tarverius Moore was picked on the slot fade. He was in man coverage on the slot player who was Isaiah McKenzie. He was picked, and uh, it looked like a cover, a blown coverage at first because Isaiah McKenzie was standing there wide open, rolling in the end zone. It's like, who's supposed to be covering him? And then you see the replay, and you see Moore get picked on that play. And it really struck me because afterward they, they showed, and they were still praising Robert Sala, and, and Sala doesn't know this at the time, that they have a camera in his face, and they're praising him. The look on his face was he, he wasn't his usual fired up self. He was confounded, you know, and it was a solemn look on his face. And it was like, oh, man, Robert Solid has no idea what to do right now because his defense is just getting beat up. So uh, that's why I was giving so much credit to Brian Dable. I, I just think he he designed such a good offense against the 49ers. And uh, the, those bills were just such a well-coached team on both sides of the ball. And then later in the fourth quarter, it was Gabriel Davis, who was completely uncovered. Richard Sherman throws, you know, it's one of those plays where two players in the in the secondary look at each other and throw their arms up. You never want to see that happen. And that's not something that happens very often for Robert Sala's defense. So I don't know if it was on Sherman in this play. He was in no man's land. He, he wasn't quite picking up the guy that was rolling to the flat on, on the out, the slot that was running the out. And he let the, the outside receiver go past him like he had help over the top. So was it Tarverius Moore? You know, when it when it becomes Richard Sherman, I would probably give him the benefit benefit of the doubt and and expect that it was probably on more the safety not getting over that should have been over the top there on the go route by Gabriel Davis. But he was wide open, completely uncovered, and just an, an easy touchdown for the Bills, which was their final score that put them up at that point, 34-17. So just all around, the 49ers got beaten by what looked like to me just a flat out better team Monday night. So I can't just get out of here giving all game balls to Bills coaches 
and players, right? So who stood out for the 49ers? Who's deserving of a game ball for the 49ers? I want to give a game ball to Kevin Givens. Uh, I like what he's given the 49ers. No pun intended. I can't believe I just did that. I like what he's given to the 49ers interior, proven to be a really nice depth piece, and he makes at least one play every game. He had a nice tackle for loss in this game in the second quarter. Deion Jordan, the strip sack, the rare successful pass rush for the 49ers in this game. Deion Jordan showed up on another play on a, on a run stop of running back Devin Singletary. So Deion Jordan showing me some things in this game. I think Brandon Ayuk is deserving of the game ball for uh, making some plays in this game. Would have liked to see more of the ball in his hands. He did have the touchdown. And Charlie Warner, congrats on getting his first NFL receptions and getting his first extended playing time in this game. So there's some players that are deserving of game balls in this game for the 49ers. Why not? Let's give out a bunch of game balls and spread them around and look at some of the bright sides there with some of those few players that that had an opportunity to, especially Deion Jordan, Charlie Warner, Givens. Those are backup players that made some plays in this game and, and made as many plays as some of the starters did. And hopefully for a player like Charlie Warner, who's been non-existent during his rookie season, it gives him some momentum in his career, gives him some confidence going forward to play a more impactful backup role for the 49ers and, and it proves to be somebody that the 49ers can rely on. All right, I know you have questions about what's going on in Ninerland right now, so hit me at BD Peacock with those questions and we will attack those tomorrow with my guest Nick Winkler on another Winky Wednesday right here, Locked on 49ers.